Hey mamas, it's time to rise and grind. It's me, Brittany, and I'm back with Christian Mom Uncensored, the podcast where I dive into all the real, raw, unfiltered mommy struggles and all the things from marriage to raising babies to making decisions to leaps of faith to trials and tribulations, you know it all. Thanks so much for stopping by this Thursday. Welcome to Christian Mom Uncensored. Try again, this time with God. I just saw this on Instagram. And I'm sure if you guys are like people who follow like Christian-y type things on Instagram, you probably saw this quote, but, or my story, try again, this time with God. And it's pretty cool. I want to talk about that. Have you ever been trying to overcome or do something and no matter how hard you try, you cannot do it. And um, for me, it's been trying to be a stay-at-home mom, right? Woohoo, la da you know, same song and dance that I've been going on since episode one. Um, but sometimes when you are really trying something, you have to let go. I know, right? Let go and let God. So the reason why I'm saying all of this is because... Uh, I've been trying to do a lot of things in life, and a lot of it was without God. And it wasn't until, you know, I listened to him and um, took a step back that I've been able to, like, stop and refocus and try again, and this time with God. And, like, when that happens, typically you can't stop what God has in store for you. You know what I mean? Like you can't stop that. So anyway, try again this time with God. Um, I think that's a pretty powerful, uh, statement. So, yeah. So what has been going on in my life is I've been trying to avoid an induction and I'm actually like walking right now. So if you hear me breathing, that's why I've been trying to avoid an induction because I have what hired a doula, done all the things. And um, so today I found out that I'm only a centimeter dilated and I kind of knew going into the appointment, don't go in with your hopes up. Um, don't go in expecting anything. And so we scheduled our induction date and unbeknownst to me, I scheduled it for Wednesday, which is actually my wedding anniversary, 1021. Um, of 2017 is when I got married and I didn't know that. And so it was kind of cool to see like how God's over everything and completely in control, even something I didn't know. I was just like, um, I kind of wanted to go in blindly. I could have asked for a specific doctor. I didn't. I just said, um, in my opinion, I knew that they would don't do inductions on um, Fridays. They wanted to do me before Thursday. So I said Wednesday because of my husband's work schedule and it ended up being our anniversary. So I think that it's pretty cool to see how God works. So guys, it's early morning. Um, this week I have not been working. It's been my first official week not working and, um, it's been a really busy week. I've had a doctor's appointment 
and I've been running around doing stuff to prepare for the baby pretty much every day. Um, so yesterday we went to the farm and it was really nice and it's been nice to be the mom I want to be. Uh, what I mean by that is, <clears throat> my voice is weird. I'm just waking up. Sorry. But what I mean by that is for so, uh, for so long, I've been saying what has been hindering me is working eight hours a day. It's being forced to get up early, and um, it hasn't allowed me to stop, slow down, and be the mom that I want to be. And this week has been busy. I had a doctor's appointment, you know, Tuesday. I had one yesterday. I have one today to go get, well, I have to get a COVID test today. I have one tomorrow. So pretty much every day this week, um, I've had to run out the house to do something, but Despite that, I've had the time and energy to clean my house and to do something fun with Mia. It was raining earlier in the week, so we did some fun stuff inside. And um, I've had time to kind of like crawl (laughs) and try to get the baby out. And I'll tell you all the things I've tried to induce in a minute. But it's um, been such a a blessing to see that this is what I've been waiting for for so long and I'm finally able to to sit back and to do the things and I know that you know I literally have less than a week now before we are going to start the process of having a baby and I know that I didn't I didn't do not want to an induction, but here's kind of where I'm at mentally on this. Um, at least this morning, it changes so much when you're at the end of pregnancy and you're miserable. And here's what I've decided. <clears throat> if Elliot has to be induced next Wednesday, then that's what has to happen. And that's part of my life story and his life story. And um, people get induced and still have natural childbirth, um, as in like, it's not natural in the sense because they are starting labor for you, but like unmedicated in the sense of no epidural, which has been like the the biggest thing I don't want. Um, whenever you do get induced, labor is more intense. And I am kind of emotional in the sense that I don't know if I'm having any more babies after this. Um, I'm not writing it off saying no, but we could be done. (laughs) Everyone's like, do you want more kids? And honestly, the answer is I don't know. I say I'll know when my family is complete. Um, And that's not something I can answer right now. But I really wanted an, a natural childbirth. And the reason being is, um, you know, we, as women, were given this role as mothers, right? And um, this chance at pregnancy and childbirth. And um, I wanted, and I, I wanted to feel everything naturally. And I'm a little emotional because, um, yes, I'm like, you know, six days away. So anything could happen in six days. But I've been putting so much 
work and stock and um and trying to go into labor that it's been kind of like exhausting you know what I mean like I've been trying to um so I've been walking which is fine and I'm gonna go walking again some more today um I've been drinking red raspberry leaf tea which is supposed to help um I'm gonna eat some dates I'm gonna like do my last efforts I guess um but (sighs) anyway so dates are supposed to help um I've been eating spicy foods. I bought these spicy peppers yesterday from the farm and I like whipped them up and I was like crying, but I like crying because they're so spicy, not crying like emotionally. I, um, have tried sex, which is supposed to help and I'll, I'll try that again. Um, I've tried, you're supposed to do like, um, these massages and, um, another one is to crawl to get baby like into position and to walk the curb. And I've done all of this. And I know so many women who have been induced. So I don't know why I think I'm special or like, you know, I'm the exception. Like I can just do it naturally and whatever. But it's disappointing. And I feel for mom. Now in this situation, I feel like I need to stop and be grateful for the fact that I have just been able to carry my baby. Um, Lots of women struggle with fertility issues or um, want to have kids and haven't found a partner yet. And I've been blessed to to carry both of my babies um, to full term. So like to a point where we know they're going to be healthy. Um, and that's a blessing. But here's my disappointment. And then I'll move on to another topic that I want to get into. So when you naturally have a baby, your body naturally does things. Um, what I mean by that is you start having contractions and or waves, whatever you want to call them. But I'm going to call it, you start having contractions. And at first they might be really start stop. They might be pretty far apart. And then eventually they pick up and they get into a pattern and I was really looking forward to my whole pregnancy. I planned for this. Um, What I was going to do during this time, like when it starts stop, I'm going to keep walking. But at the same time, because it starts stop, I know like maybe I'm a few days away. So like make sure the house is perfectly clean. Make sure Mia is perfectly packed. And, um, you know, I was going to, and I still am going to do all these things before I go to the hospital next Wednesday. But it's just a little different. Like, I was going to paint my nails. I was going to braid my hair so that it's wavy. But when I'm done having a baby, because I'm going to, like, be sweating, braid my hair, put it up, and put a headband on. Um, Take a shower. Have Ethan take a shower. Uh, I was going to order groceries. And as long as they can be delivered within two hours, order groceries, pack some extra snacks, um, clean out the fridge, of like any food that you know that could go bad in the next couple days or just like we wouldn't want to eat when we get back anyway so like clean that out and have Ethan take out the trash um and I was gonna really work through everything I was gonna take a bath take a shower um see what feels comfortable and when I get to a point that I can't really speak through contractions, call my mom or even 
if it's a little bit before then when my contractions are were in, are in a pattern, you know, um, 411, um, they are four minutes apart. They're lasting a minute long for an hour. Call my mom and say, hey, I'm going to call the doctor at my doula. Do you want to come over and get Mia? And anyway, so um, I just like had this perfect vision of like laboring at home. And it's so silly that I'm emotional about about this part because I'm honestly at this point for my mental sanity. These are my last few days. Um, my last six days with just me, Ethan, and Mia. Um, it's my last couple days where I can just throw one kid in the car and go. And um, it's my last kind of moments with just me and Mia. So it's a, a special time. And I think when you go from like one to two, it's a hard transition. And it's kind of an emotional transition. Especially when it's just been like your only baby. And, you know, you've just done these things. So anyway, I'm all dramatic. All upset about being induced. And, um, cause I wanted to do all of these things at home and I feel like if this is going to be my last baby, which it, he might not be, I'm being honest, um, but he could be that I just wanted to labor the way I wanted to, because despite Mia's birth being fine, like I'm not upset about how it went, it also did not go as I had hoped, but also because it was my first baby, you know, I was up for anything. My water broke and I was having contractions the night before my water broke. And <clears throat> then we, I had a doctor's appointment. My doctor saw my water broke and sent me to the hospital. And from there, they let me kind of hang out on my own and they they didn't start Pitocin until the next day. Like, they let me kind of progress and do everything on my own for a long time. And so it's kind of frustrating because without gestational diabetes, I feel like I would have this baby. And I could be wrong. They could still need to induce me. I could go to 41, 42 weeks. Right now, I'm 38 weeks. Next week, I'll be 39 weeks. Um... Mia was born two days before her due date, so exactly at 40 weeks. Um, I feel like without gestational diabetes, I would have the chance to go into labor on my own because it's still, you know, my due date's not till the 25th. I guess I'm getting induced on the 21st, so it's not that far apart, but... um Anyway, so that's why I'm like, I'm a little upset because the way I wanted to give birth is gone. Um, but you know, there's people who have to have C-sections, um, which, you know, ultimately is what I don't want to do. Luckily, I am dilated and this is my second baby and um, his he's super low, like he's ready. And uh, even talking to the maternal fetal medicine doctor um, he's like, oh, I think you're going to have no problem with this induction. I think you're going to have no problem going vaginally. Like you're good to go. 
and I think I will be fine too. Because with Mia, I was dilated a centimeter and my water broke. So it's kind of like frustrating to to have to do this. But anyway, it's not the end of the world. I don't know why I'm putting why we put so much stock in how we birth, but I did want to feel the natural urge to push, right? And um my body naturally just go letting go and doing it. And um it's not to say that I can't go into labor any day before the twenty first, but I think because it is our wedding anniversary, I feel like <laughs> it's inevitable that he's gonna come that day and at this point, I just need to enjoy my last days with just me and Mia. So now I want to talk a little bit about relationships because relationships are interesting. And I've been with my husband for um, eight going on nine years. We've just been married for um, three years. So relationships change and people change and uh that's what's interesting about marriage is that who you marry is not who you are going to be married to in 16 years um especially if you get married young I got married at 22 or actually I was 23 because I gave birth at 24 so I was 23 when I got married um which is young I know but that's how my family does it. Just if you look at my family line, everyone gets married young and stays married forever. And so we're kind of on that track. Ethan was, I was 23. Ethan was 26. Um, and we're both different than who we were when we first started dating. Um, but, you know, I feel like the core person of who you are stays the same. Like, we still have our core values. I still have my core personality. Um, I might have become more headstrong. I might have become more, you know, centered and focused and grounded and, um, confident or however, whatever it is that has changed me. But relationships are, and marriage specifically, is a tricky, tricky, tricky thing. So one thing I know is that when you move in with somebody... It's really the biggest test of your relationship because this is their them in their natural state doing what they're naturally going to do. And obviously you both can adjust, right? I am, I would say Ethan and I are both moderately messy people. I'm not going to lie. We, I like to clean and keep things organized, but I have a two-year-old and there's some things I don't care about. Um... Don't ask me about that right now. I'm currently nesting. So like uh, yesterday I was going hard cleaning and Ethan was like, slow down. And I was like, no, go downstairs and get the laundry and bring it up right now so I can put it away. And he was like, you need to slow down. You're over here scrubbing the floors. You're over here scrubbing the trash cans. Like, calm down. But typically, as long as things are kind of neat, I don't mind. And if people are going to come over, I'll straighten up extra. But like... I don't care if there's a random piece of paper sitting out, but I do care if your shoes are out, like, unless they're tucked somewhere where I won't trip over them. Like, put your shoes in the shoe bin, 
um, things like that. I think moving into a house has really brought out the domestic side of me, um, where, you know, I like my living room to be nice in case someone stops by, um, and I also like to entertain, even though it's COVID, so I'm not really doing that, but anyway, I, uh, when you move in with someone, you get to see their natural flaws, but it, it, it does get like a little bit tricky, um, because Ethan and I are just different, whereas I'm the type of person who we literally are night and day, and I'm going to tell you how our relationship works and what I'm working on, so I am up right now, I've been up since six something, I don't work, I'm not working, um, which is new to me, but, uh, I did have to get up and take blood sugar and do some things, uh, for gestational and all that, um, so I'm up and he's going to sleep until he gets on to work at eight. So he'll probably get up at seven forty-five, and go log on to his computer, which is fine. I'm also an early go to sleeper. Um, right now I'm going to sleep at 10 o'clock because of the time that I have to take insulin. It's like around 10, 9 30, 10 o'clock. Um, but at the end of the day, by 3 PM, I like to be done with my day. I like to have, um, cleaned. I like to have put everything away. And the only thing I have to do is make dinner and clean up dinner. My husband's the opposite. So I, so for me, and I think this is like what a normal people would do, but everyone's different. Um, we would have dinner, we have dinner between five thirty and six. And right after dinner, we would clean up dishes, put away leftovers and clean the kitchen, which is what we did last night. Okay, but that's not what, what normally happens is I'm tired, so I cook dinner, and Ethan's like, I'll do the dishes and put the food away, and he'll get to it at some point, so it's usually after I go to bed, or after you put me to bed, that he's, like, getting to it, and so it drives me crazy, because I'm the type of person who's like, wouldn't you rather have everything done, cleaned, and put away, and when we sit down to, like, watch our show, because our routine really is in the evening after dinner, and I like most Americans, we get on our big comfy couch, and we watch whatever show we're currently watching, um, we probably will have a chance to watch one or two episodes, Mia has a ton of toys in the living room that she's usually playing with. Um, and then after that, we go upstairs and Ethan puts Mia to bed. I kind of get myself ready for bed. And then I'll come downstairs and have a snack. So that's kind of like our evening routine. And we were we were talking about this as a side note. We were talking about it. And um, because Ethan puts her to bed, and the reason being is... She likes to hop in the bed with you and cuddle, and um, she asks for cuddles, and it's the cutest thing. Uh, It really is her and her dad's thing, because I'm very, very pregnant, very, very round, and it is uncomfortable for me to be in that, in her bed, and to just lay there and do all those things. So I've been hanging out with her all day, by all means have this moment and put her to bed. And I think it's sweet. He told me, I don't want to lose this. Like, I want this to always be your thing. I want to always be the one 
to like tuck her in at night and put her to sleep. Now, of course, I give her good night hugs and good night kisses, and then daddy puts her down. Um, and I actually love that because I get like, you know, half an hour to myself to kind of settle for the night. And as women, like we do different things at night, like, you know, moisturizer and skin stuff you know, that, you know, my husband is just going to wash his face and call it a day, like with some clean and clear where I have like, you know, like more expensive face products. Okay. So what are some of the most important things in a relationship? Um, I'm going to say trust is very important and I think it's obvious. And once trust is broken, it is very hard to repair. I say this as someone who has watched friends who have been in relationships and um, deal with trust issues. And the one thing I will say that I'm blessed with in my marriage is I have no trust issues with my husband. And he has no trust issues with me. Um... Not And not just because it's COVID and there's no one to talk to, but um, because interestingly, we've both been the type of people to be friends with the opposite sex. And ooh, that's a tricky subject, right? Can your spouse, should your spouse be friends with the opposite sex? Well, um, Ethan previously, before he got into finance, worked in a preschool and most schools in general are are um, heavily populated with females, as in like they're mostly our female teachers. And for him, in both of the previous schools he was at, um, the people who were like his co-teachers. So the way it works in the preschools, there's usually two teachers that work together, have been females. And I've met them before, and I've, I've never been jealous and interestingly enough for me at work my closest friends some of them are guys some of them are girls um but that's it (laughs) like the relationship stops at work but besides that um so I've been blessed in the sense I've never had a situation where I've had trust issues with my husband but I've seen friends have trust issues and that can really drive and break a relationship or marriage because when you're in a relationship, the number one thing you want to do is to feel loved and wanted. Um, you don't want to feel like your partner doesn't want you, that your partner um, doesn't think you're beautiful or handsome or whatever the situation may be. So um, I'm blessed in this because... I just hear my Mia waking up. I'll get her in a minute. Okay, so trust is something that once it's broken in a relationship, it really has to be repaired and it 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 um bleeds into every aspect of your life. Now, I'm going to tell you that I've never worried about my husband cheating on me, talking to somebody, being inappropriate, anything like that. I don't trust him to do little things, though. (laughs) And this is a whole different subject. Like, I don't trust him to switch the laundry over. 
when he says he's going to switch the laundry over. Because nine times out of ten, it'll take him all day to do two loads of laundry. And it'll take me, you know, four hours to do two loads of laundry. Like, it has to wash, has to dry, then has to wash, has to dry. Because I'm on top of it. Um, he doesn't have that capability. It's just a man thing. So trust is like the number one thing. But then the second thing I think that's really important in a relationship is um, having time for your relationship so that it does not become stale and uh, that you can continue to learn and grow with each other. And I think my husband is happy that he married me. Don't get me wrong, but I'm such a feeler and I'm such an emotional type person that I'm always doing these like emotional check-ins. And not only that, I'm always um, like trying to have these big conversations with him in the sense where I'm like, what do you want in this life? And I ask him this like sometimes he's like, I don't know. What do you mean? And I'll be like, what do you want to accomplish in this life? What do you what do you dream about? What do you want to do? Because I'm such a dreamer. And he should know that um, I'm probably working on some dreams. So you, uh, I try to check in with him on that and see like where I can help or if there's an area of life that, you know, he's not satisfied in that we can, fo- fo- we can uh, focus and fix. Um, so I do these like emotional check-ins, but men are not built like women. They don't like these emotional check-ins. He's like, what's wrong with you? Why are we having this conversation? And I'm like, no, I just want to talk, uh, which is kind of funny. Okay. So some advice for having a healthy relationship and also how some advice on how to deal with things when they can be hard. Cause I'm going to talk a little bit now about, cause I've had some moments in the past couple of months, I'm sure we all have that have been hard. So for a healthy relationship, I think it's important that each of you have a friend. And the reason why I'm saying a friend is I'm not someone who has 50 billion friends. I have like people who I would consider like friends that I hang out with. And then I have people who are close to me that I talk to every day. And I have two of those friends that I talk to every day or um, at least every couple days. And then I um, have friends that I might talk to like once a week or once every other week. And we hang out like once a month, those type of friends. Um, One of my best friends is also, I would say, has moved more so to Ethan's best friend because they spend more time together now. And... It is helpful because I know that he's going to be able to vent his frustrations. And I think it's important that you let your spouse vent. And you don't have to hear what they're venting about. You don't have to be a part of them venting um, unless it's a conversation that like needs to be brought up. You don't need to even be offended. What has been really great for us, and I've been seeing it so much these past couple months and weeks and whatever is I have my best gal pals who one is single and one is married. So one is living with a man and there's just some things that come with living with men. Men, when they cook, 
use every single pot and pan and everything is greasy. I don't know why. I don't know if they're, I don't know if they're using grease. Like, I don't know what, we only have olive oil in our house. So I don't know what you're cooking with and we have coconut oil. I don't know what you're cooking with and I don't know why everything's greasy and I don't know why you need six different pans for dinner. I can use three max because I will use one pan and then I will wash it and then use it because like I'm thinking I'm gonna have to clean this up (sighs) anyway that's just like a thing in my house and actually it I've heard this in other houses like guys use a lot more dishes and for some reason everything is greasy at the end of it whatever but what's been really helpful for my marriage is that when I get frustrated sometimes I want to say some things that are not nice and they could cut because like you know they could cut deep because I could go in on somebody but when I have luckily I have friends and I can say oh my gosh Ethan is so annoying or oh my gosh I think he's so dumb because blah right and I can say it and I can go off about how I do this 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 and this and he can't even do this or whatever the situation is and then I feel better because my feelings get validated because they go, yeah, my husband does this too. Or they go, that's obnoxious. And I'm like, yeah, thank you for listening. Same with Ethan. He gets on Xbox pretty much every night with two guy friends. And sometimes I'm sure he talks crap about me. <laughs> like, I'm sure. And it's probably like cathartic or whatever to be able to get your frustrations out like, Oh my gosh, Brittany is so type A. Why does she care that there's laundry in the dryer? It's clean and it's dry. Why can't it just stay in the dryer? Why does she need it like right now? Like he can go off about that. And I think it's really good for your marriage because then you are not like sitting on a bunch of little things that annoy you because inevitably your partner's going to annoy you. Um, And also, a lot of times it's not serious stuff that has to have a conversation about. It's just life venting, you know? Like, it just happens. Like, there's certain things about Ethan I cannot change. (laughs) And they might drive me crazy and I need to get it out. So that's one good thing I will say. If you have a friend, and if you don't, find a friend. Um, I'm really good at, like... (laughs) Okay, I'm really good at being a weirdo in the sense where I like to meet people. So, like, if I realize you have a kid or I realize you have a husband, I might, like, try to slide into your friend, to your life and become your friend. If I notice, like, hmm, you look like you might want to chat about something, like, I will message you, like, hey, nice seeing you at church or hey, nice meeting you the other day. Want to grab coffee or... You know, I just try to like slide and become people's friends. And I feel like that makes me so weird, but whatever, regardless. Um, number one, relationship advice. Have someone to vent to that's not your spouse. Also, because you should definitely share your worries and frustrations and um, fears. And I'm talking about just life, not with your partner now with your spouse. You should be able to do that. But sometimes your partner has a lot on their plate and they can't handle that today. And I've seen days where Ethan's been burnt out from work and I don't think he can handle my fears today. Um, And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with being like, 
okay, today I cannot handle whatever emotional thing you're going through. Tomorrow I might be more equipped. And obviously if it's serious, you know, I might want to cry to you and talk to you about it. Time and place is important. Um, But having friends really helps you not become codependent on your partner, which is really important as well. Um, And it also gives you the space to air out whatever you need to. Now, obviously, there's some things in marriage you don't need to tell everybody. I do believe there's things that stay in your house, in your household, between you and your husband. But little things like dishes and uh, socks and like things that drive you crazy, that's fine. Vent away. And I think that's good advice. My other advice is spend time together smiling and laughing. And uh, I'm going to be honest, alone time might not be realistic right now. I know kids are starting to go back to school, um, but that doesn't matter because most people are still working and not going to be comfortable going out on dates to certain places. It's getting colder. There's not as much to do. Although right now it's fall, there's a lot to do. And if you live in my state, there's so many farms, um, so many zoos, like you can do whatever. Um, if you're comfortable with a babysitter or a family member, definitely utilize them. But for the most part, I get it. Um, but I know that for um, my household, I realized that we were so into the routine of getting all the things done and surviving till the end of the day. It was very hard for me to work. I'm not going to lie. Very, One of the hardest things I've ever done was uh, just be at home with my toddler and, and, and work at the same time. And it was one of the best, the best things. Cause I knew I was with her every day. I knew what she was doing. I know what she ate. I know where she's been. I know what time she went to sleep. I know what time she napped, like, which I would know if she was at like a daycare or preschool, like they would tell me those things. Um, but it's, we were just in a place where we weren't like laughing together. And like at the end of the day, Ethan would be like, okay, I want to go get on the Xbox. And I'd be like, okay, I want to go take a bath. And we would kind of spend our evenings apart after spending our days apart, even though we were in the same house. He usually resides in the basement. I usually reside on our main floor. And at the end of the day, he would want to decompress and Xbox and I would want to decompress and bath and there's nothing wrong with decompressing um and I'm not gonna say that on the weekend we do spend like we're not like all day hanging out together like he might want to Xbox in the afternoon and I might want to take a bath and do my nails and like do pretty girl stuff but what we realized and what I realized that is important to me there's two things um our dinner table is important to me that Every night we have dinner together. Um, No electronic devices are at the dinner table. We chat about our day, even if it's like, well, he's been working all day. Um, So he can tell me about work cases or whatever, or something he saw um, on TikTok or whatever. And I'll tell him about what's going on with my friends and what I'm thinking about in life. And that's really important. And then afterwards, I like it for us to kind of, you know, shower, get comfy in pajamas and to 
watch a show together because then we can have like um you know conversation about the show we can laugh or hanging out he is hanging out with us and it's like family time and if you don't have family time and this is just advice as a mom and as a wife couple time is also important which is usually when the kids go to bed right but um even spending time with your husband and your kids can kind of satisfy that need because then you you know it's fun and you're all together and you're bonding so it's something that I want to do forever is have dinner together now obviously once my kids are teenagers and there's sports and there's practice and there's games things might look a little different but at least picking a time to have family time is important the last thing I want to say about relationships today is um, something about the rules of engagement in an argument or a fight. A lot of times in the past, Ethan and I have argued about the same topic over and over and over again. And um, it's usually about house stuff. <laughs> nothing serious really um or we have uh one of our conversations would be that we would kind of fight about would be what are are you comfortable with the next steps we're taking in our future because I pretty much decided on my own I was going to stay home and um are you okay with that and uh what do you want me to do about that and um some of the rules for engagement when you're like having a fight or you're being frustrated is try not to dig at the person. It's hard for me, and this is where I, I have flaws, and let me just be raw, real, and vulnerable. Ethan can come at me and say, you expect so much, or you have high expectations, or um, whatever. And I can realize when I'm being harsh. And he'll go, something he does is he goes, I know, I know I'm a terrible husband, I'm a terrible dad. And I say, no, I'm not saying that. I'm saying, for me, when we're arguing, when we're fighting, what I, whatever I'm talking about, it's not an attack on your character. It's an attack on probably your actions. Um, because I married a great person and I'm not disappointed in who I married or or anything. I just think that there's flaws and there's things in life and, you know, things go on. So, um, something I realized is that if, is once you learn your partner, you'll kind of learn this is that for him, it really hurts him to let me down. It really hurts him to feel like he's not doing like good enough. And I feel like when there's things that need to be worked on in our marriage or our house, it's hard for him um, to hear that. Whereas for me, I'm like, tell me what I'm doing wrong. And he's like, well, you're harsh or you expect this and you expect that. And I can take it and be like, okay, fine. And there's times where I have said things because I've needed it to get through to him. And then I felt guilty afterwards. Like, listen, I shouldn't have said it like that. I think you're an amazing husband. I think you're an amazing dad. I just am really frustrated. 
in this one area of our lives. And I just really want us to get it together. And um, I'm realizing the that certain ways that I speak to him can make him feel like he's either like a good or bad husband. And then it's just like you have to learn your partner. The other thing is that you can't bring up what happened six years ago in a fight. And the reason why I say that is because a lot of times people have changed. So we used to live in um, this really crappy, really like this roach infested townhouse. And if I brought up to him that he didn't do this thing this one time, what would that be? There's one t- birthday where he all day did not say happy birthday to me, and I was pissed. I mean, we did birthday things, but he never said, hey, babe, happy birthday. And for some reason, I was pissed. It would be, re- it would be dumb for me to bring that up in a fight. Um, the rules of engagement are, and this is what I will say, the issue at hand that we are having heated or discussion about is the issue at hand. We're not talking about this other thing and this other thing and this other thing. We're not bringing up flaws and all of these other things. We are focusing on the problem at hand. Now, if I'm presenting a problem, which usually I'm the one who is, and he goes and presents a different problem or issue or something that is affecting the problem, like, well, I didn't want to do this because you're so particular, so I just don't, or something like that. That's fine, but we don't need to have a side conversation about this one time when you didn't do this one thing. Why are we even talking about that? Um, Unless it's an example for the same issue. Like if you say like, we've had this issue for three months and he's like, no, we haven't. And it's like, well, let me remind you. But for the most part, the rules of engagement, um, I can get frustrated and I can um, either carry a fight or I could shut it down. I could be like, okay, it's fine. I'm going to deal with it later. I think it's important that in the conversation to tell your partner, like, this is not an attack on you. This is an issue that I'm having. And um, I think in a marriage and in a relationship, you have to be fine with discord. You have to be okay with disagreeing. You have to learn how to communicate through disagreements and through discomfort and through frustrations because they're going to happen. When we were looking at where to live, like when you're looking for a house, when you're deciding about having another baby or not, when you are making big life decisions, you're going to have some discord. And Ethan and I were even talking about, we're really comfortable in our house right now. And I say like in five years, Like, I'm comfortable not moving for five years, flat out. But in five years, I would like us to be working on our dream home. And he's like, and we're talking about, like, our dream home. And I'm like, I want to build it, and he wants to buy it. Eventually, he said he would be fine building it under the right circumstances and all these things. And I told him, if we found our dream house, then I would be fine buying it. Um... I don't know where I was going with that, but you just have to be okay with disagreeing and having the big conversations of what are we doing? Um, And if you can't, then you need to work on maturing enough to, and realizing that everything is not 
an attack. Okay, so this episode might be all over the place, but those are just some of my opinions on relationships, on struggles with not wanting to have an induction, but also like trying to get something done and this time doing it with God. Um, honestly, me being able to be done with work is all God. Uh, it takes a lot of trust in stepping out on faith with him. There's somebody I really want to talk to about this who recently made that decision as well. The other thing is, um, just as a, just a, just a reminder that God is everywhere. Uh, I've been really stressed out and I'm sitting here in my living room looking at my artwork as in like the decor of my house. And I have this one notebook on the shelf that says, let go and let God. And it's a good reminder for my birth that I've been stressed out about. And then I'm also looking at for our wedding, we had this box and it has our names on it and it has our wedding anniversary on it. So this is Brittany and Ethan, October 21st, 2017. And, um, it makes me feel like, and I'm just going to put my bets out and I will let you know probably in two weeks if I'm right about his birthday. Because you, you guys probably, unless you're following me on Instagram, you might not know if I've given birth or not um, by next episode. Because I am going to go ahead and pre-record next week's episode because I'm going to be in labor when I typically record. Um but I have a feeling he's going to come on the 17th, 10, 17, 2020. Um, he's due on the 21st, which is our wedding anniversary. Well, I'm getting induced on the 21st. He wouldn't be born until the 22nd, probably, because of the way induction works. Um, they're inducing me at night and in the morning. You usually have the baby. But um, I just have a feeling the 17th he might come. Today's the 15th. So I will let you know if my bets are right. I'm also giving it to God and going to sleep um, and try not to work so hard to go into labor because ultimately your body's going to do what it's going to do. I, up until this point, I have tried everything and um, it's exhausting. So I'm just going to let it be. But yeah. So thank you guys for listening to this all over the place episode. It is all over the place, guys. I'm 38 and a half weeks pregnant. So that's why it's a little all over the place. But as always, you can um, find the podcast on both Apple Podcasts and Spotify at, um, it's called Christian Mom Uncensored. I guess you should know that if you're listening to it. Don't forget to leave me a five-star review on Apple and please just like leave a comment, um, might be giving away some cool stuff for like the first people who leave comments and reviews. So check that out. Um, you can also follow me on Instagram at Brittany Jane Stewart and that's B-R-I-T-T-N-E-Y Jane and then Stewart. And I will talk to you guys. You will hear from me next week. And then after that, I probably will be recording for the first time with a baby. So I'm really excited. Anyway, thanks for stopping by this Thursday. Um, Have a great week and a great life, and I will talk to you guys soon.